Good morning. It's good to see you here today. There's one correction in the uh, bulletin. Is five uh, the last hymn is 545, 545 instead of 546. Okay. We're happy today to welcome our substitute organist Ken West, who plays at First Baptist Church here in Greer, and we're just thankful that he's here today, and we uh, look forward to working with him uh, for a while. This morning at 9 o'clock, we had our children's Sabbath. That's why there's not many people here at this service. A lot of people were over there. But we do have, uh, I see a few children here today, and so we will have still have children's time. Okay, we will have it. All right. At the proper time. At, we will have communion today. All are welcome at the Lord's table in, our, in the United Methodist Church. If you need assistance when time comes, if you'll raise your hand, we'll take bring the elements to you. This week we are not using the musical responses. I'm going to give myself a rest. You're all tired of hearing me sing anyway. And we're going to do it as we've always done it in the past without the musical responses. All right. Let us begin our worship together. Let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, 
that as the scriptures are read, your word proclaimed. And as we partake of this holy mystery, may we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated and let all our young minds come forward uh, for Robbie has prepared a children's time and he doesn't want to waste it. Y'all come on up and be with him. <laughs> Everybody looks like you're moving a little slow like me this morning. What is this? A pumpkin. a pumpkin, that's right. You guys haven't seen any of these around here anywhere, have you? There's only like 400 of them outside, right? Is there anything different about each pumpkin or are they all the exact same? They're different, right? Some are big and some are small. Some are a little more round and some are a little thinner and tall. There's all kind of different pumpkins out there, shapes and sizes. Some are a little different in colors, and they look a little bit different. Do you know we're kind of like a pumpkin? Is that funny? Yeah? Well, I'm going to tell you how we're a little bit like a pumpkin. When we pick our pumpkin, we look for just the right one, but they're all really neat and kind of pretty in their own special way, right? All of them are, are pretty out there. But... When we pick our pumpkin, there's two things. There's an outside and there's an inside of the pumpkin. Well, the outside is what you see, but the inside, have any of you ever carved a pumpkin before and cut the top off? What's inside of it? Kind of seeds and all kind of gunk. It's kind of messy, isn't it? Yeah? Well, you know, we're kind of like a pumpkin too. We have the outside that everybody sees, and then we have the inside that everybody doesn't see, and sometimes it's a little bit messy, isn't it? Well, God picks us like we pick the pumpkins. And when he picks us, he gives us a chance to clean out all of that inside. And we get to put our own face on it just like a jack-o'-lantern. And he helps us put a smiling face for everybody to see. But once he cleans out all the junk on the inside, what happens? It's empty, isn't it? Well, what do we put in a pumpkin when we carve it and carve the face in? A candle, that's right. So it lights up. So that's what he's doing for us. He's cleaning out all our gunk on the inside, and then he's lighting us up so that we can shine bright for everybody to see his love, so that maybe they'll let him pick them as well. He's willing, and he's ready to pick them out of, their, out of the pumpkin patch and clean them out as well. So we have to be the light for everybody to see. So we kind of are like a pumpkin, aren't we? A little bit, yeah. Some of us a little more round. Some of us a little more tall and skinny, but we are kind of like the pumpkins. So when you guys pick your pumpkin, and when you tell every one of your friends to come and pick their pumpkins here at the church, maybe you can share that story with them and say, hey, when you pick the pumpkin, let me tell you about what God's done to clean me out and shine a light inside of me. And maybe that when they carve their pumpkin, they'll think about that story too. You think you could do that? Yeah? All right, let's say a quick prayer, okay? Dear God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to clean us out. And thank you for lighting the candle so that we can shine bright for all to see your love. We ask that you watch over us and continue to bless us. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.
I failed to mention in the welcoming announcements that there's a lot of pumpkins out here and they need to be moved as soon as possible off the yard and you're going to help by going out and picking as many as you want and then stopping by and telling the per people who are working the desk how much you owe, okay? Please stop by and buy some pumpkins on the way out. They will be out there uh, collecting money. Let us uh, bow our heads in prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh Lord, you are the Lord of all creation. And each day and night that pass bring forth new understandings of your glory. And we are the children of your redeeming. And we join all those in heaven and on earth that sing praise to your name this day. And yet we must confess that many times we count our membership in the church as being the measure of righteousness. We love rules and regulations and we follow them. We think ourselves worthy. But when we get lost in our, in our own heritage and our compliance, we lose sight of you, the true source of all light and life. When we have counted on ourselves, we reject you, O Lord, who came to save us. Forgive us this day. Forgive our self-righteousness. Take away our arrogance. Let us count our accomplishments as loss in the light of Lord Jesus. And by the gift of your Holy Spirit, change the focus of our sight. Give us knowledge and determination to press on towards the goal of your call. And fill us with zeal for your message of salvation so that more may come to know this great free gift. We know this day that by your commandments you've shown us to act with love toward you and with compassion for others. Make us instruments of your healing for those who are in distress. Empower us to touch their pain even as you touch and heal it. Make us peacemakers for those who know no peace. And let us be comforters to those who are dying. And we pray, O oh Lord, for all those in our congregation, our friends, and our community, our families. They're listed on the prayer list. We pray now for those in our hearts. Thank you, O oh Lord, for hearing us. Give us a fresh dose of your grace that we may live not for ourselves, but in the way of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Please be seated. Our gospel lesson today comes from Matthew's gospel, chapter 21, 33 through 39. It is one of the parables that Jesus told. Listen to our Lord. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers. He went away on a journey. And when the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. So then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. And he said, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir, come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. And so they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your words, your parables. Help us to make sense of them in our time. We pray in your name. Amen. I don't know if you remember or not, but a few years ago there was a church service at the Lutheran Church in New Sweden, Maine. And after the church service, everyone left uh, and headed to fellowship time, as was their tradition, where they had coffee. And some of the people having the coffee complained that the coffee was bitter. But they didn't think too much about it. I mean, after all, it's church coffee, right? It's like office coffee. It's not the best coffee, necessarily. But then some people began to get sick. And by the end of the day, 16 people were in the hospital, and one of the people had died. The police discovered that arsenic had been dumped into the coffee maker. Now, the next shock was that a well-respected member of the church, one Danny Bondison, a farmer, was found dead at home from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, and he had left a note implicating himself and others and his family for the poisoning. Sad, true story. And it seems the story behind the story was that there was a disagreement at the church. For years, the church had had a communion table that was against the wall, and the blessing of the bread and wine was done while facing the wall. And the Bondison family had donated a new table so that the blessing of the bread and wine could be done while facing the congregation, as they had seen in other Lutheran churches that they had visited. But traditions die hard. And the church authorities never put the table in place. Speculation is that some people had become bitter and decided to teach other people a lesson. How sad. How sad that the people at the Lutheran church in New Sweden, Maine, failed to understand that the church did not belong to them. The church belongs to God. Psalm 24 sums it up. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, are the Lord's. Oftentimes we forget this. Oftentimes we forget that what we see is God's, not ours. It's God's to decide how it's to be used. It's God's decision, not ours. And I've often seen this often when people give things to the church. Oftentimes people give to the church and they only give to things they agree with. But we're not to give that way. We're not to give just to things we agree with and not give to things we may not agree with. We should give everything that we give as unto the Lord. We give because the love of the kingdom of God should be in us 
And we desire to see the church and the kingdom grow and prosper in the world. And that's what today's parable is about. Parable of a landowner. That's God in the parable. One of the things you can always remember in every parable, you're going to see God, you're going to see people, and you're going to see Jesus. In the parable, landowner had given a piece of land, which he invests a great deal in, and then he hands it over to his stewards. And the stewards' his property make a mess of things. And so the landowner sends some more servants to check on it. And finally, he sends his son. But it does no good. And the moral of the story is that a faithful steward is one who understands that he has been entrusted with these things for the use of the glory of God and the benefit of others, not for the benefit of ourselves. When we give to the church, we're not investing in a building or programs. We're investing in the kingdom of heaven. And Paul taught this principle also, and he reminded Timothy, who was young, a pastor, to remind the folks in front of him about these things. And one of the clearest places is in 1 Timothy 6, 18, where Paul says to Timothy, command them, those who worship in front of you, Timothy, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, we all lay up treasure for ourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that we may take hold of the life that is truly life. In other words, the only life that's truly life, and that is the one represented by Christ and Christ's holy church. You see, for us to grow in our discipleship, we must want to bless more than we want to be blessed. Oftentimes we get that skewed. Oftentimes we get that just in reverse. I want to tell you that I know that many of you, many of you, give just as it has been commanded. You're very generous. You, you, you do a whole lot of stuff without fanfare and with no desire for recognition, and I want to commend you for it. Because you did it for kingdom purposes that other people might come to know Christ and to be part of His kingdom. But not everyone does that. Not everyone does that. And so I want to remind you, if we trust God to take care of us, we will be generous. We will understand what the Lord is saying to us today about being good stewards of what He's entrusted us with. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24. Jesus said, we cannot serve two masters. In other words, we can't be double-minded. Either we'll hate the one and love the other, or we'll be devoted to one and despise the other, Jesus said. You see, we must not be double-minded. We must be single-minded and have a single purpose, and that is the upbuilding of the kingdom of God here on earth. That is our responsibility. That is our vocation until the Lord returns and takes us home. This is why we give and support the Holy Church of Christ. And it's important ever so often to remind us of this and to remind why we do this and to remind you that lives that are marked by the gift of giving leave an everlasting legacy. In just a few weeks, we will come to a pledge Sunday called Consecration Sunday, in which we'll be asked to make a pledge for next year's budget. But we made pledges last year at this time for this year's budget. So I ask you to examine and look and see where you are and make sure you are up to date on your pledge. Remember that those who give generously leave behind a river of blessing. A river of blessing that flows to the throne of God. So in my opinion, there's not one thing more important than for me to say to you 
ever so often to stay focused on Jesus. And remember that the church belongs to God. And generous lives require us to, for us to have generous lives if we are to work as good stewards in the vineyard God has entrusted us with. That is my prayer for you this day as we are reminded of the sacrifice of Christ for us in the sacrament of Holy Communion. So I invite you now to take the insert out of your bulletin as we go into the sacrament of table. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with each other. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us all take a moment to pray prayers of confession. Hear now the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ is God. 
pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. This is the bread of heaven, the body of Christ. This is the cup of salvation, the blood of Christ. Um, that person who has assisted me, if he will come forward at this time. Escort people to the front. We'll let the choir come first. The table is open.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your Spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and may the love of God and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours this day and each day. Amen.